You know, they're going to love you at the Wilshire. Guy, the Wilshire's out. The doctor didn't have to tell me that. Please, Guy, let's not kid each other. I can take it. Be kind of nice staying in my own bed at home. No rehearsals, no costumes, nothing. Nice life. Well, Carol, you're not going home. Your dad and I talked to the doctor, too, and he gave us the name of a couple of places that'll put you right back on your feet again. Honey, this is just the beginning. We even got your private room. What? Sure, the greatest place you ever saw. And baby, when they're through with you, you'll walk out of there. Walk? I'll never walk or dance again. I'm no good to anyone anymore. You've gone to a lot of trouble for nothing. Can't you understand, Guy? I just want to be left alone. Yes, darling. That's the way you feel now. But I know, my girl. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by. So we are continuing our month on Ida Lupino. We already covered Not Wanted, which was another one of those uh, social problems uh, pictures. And we kind of kind of move into something similar uh, this this week with Never Fear, uh, which is a movie about, um, you know, about a, a young woman who develops polio, just like director Ida Lupino does. So I think it makes you wonder... Mike, if I had seen this without knowing that, if it changes my perception of it, uh, but knowing that this was kind of her experience too, I think adds a little, a little salt to the wound of, of our lead character here. Are you saying that you'd feel like a, a, uh, a worse human than the scum that you, you are normally? Is that possible? If you, I mean, come on. Maybe I, I don't know. You, you're sort of putting that out there that it, it is possible to reach a new low uh, by <laughs> what having not the adequate uh, amount of sympathy for our lead character, knowing that it's coming from a extremely personal place from uh, the filmmaker. Wow, Mike, you just put words in my mouth. That is definitely not what I was I, getting. I, at. I was just trying <laughs> to figure: is that what you were? Is that what you're putting out there? <laughs> Are you saying it's, no. it's a bad karma to dislike? Never fear. God, why do I? Why do I? continue doing the show you keep telling me to cancel it and then i come on and say no and then you just attack I, me from jump i i just said replace it with something for more positive uh, i believe does that my sound like my wheelhouse demand though? more positive does that sound like something i'd be good at well it might make you miserable is that good enough for you uh, maybe. <laughs> is, that, is that enough misery? Now that's interesting self-inflicted <laughs> I, I was just asking for a minute by minute you've got mail podcast, and I thought that would be joyful in this uh, time of despair. And you come back to me with, "Hey, do you remember that time Ida Lupino got polio?" Well, you're gonna watch it. <laughs> well, Mike, <laughs> I'll, said, make you, I'll make you this deal. <laughs> if we get to if we get to three years on this podcast. I will do a minute to minute. Uh, uh. You've got mail podcast. <laughs> You're already a third Agony. of the way there. Aren't We're at a year, basically, already. So It feels like 15. Aren't you on a, a podcast right now that you just started? I believe you're the first episode of the uh, this this best picture quest. Um, uh-huh. 
And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you or your co-host on there said that the game plan was to be doing that for eight years, seven, eight years, something like that. Yeah, that's what Andrew said. My co-host of Awards Don't Matter, uh, by the way. Thanks for that little plug. Um, I'd let him do the math, but I'm not sure I really trust. Maybe that's Australian math. Are years different in Australia? I don't know. That seems like a lot. I can only speak as a listener that it terrified me. So I don't know how it felt for you to, I mean, to hear that prison sentence I, come down. I wish I'd heard it before we started recording. I will tell you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the point of never fear. Um, all right, what did I like about it? We'll start there. Okay. But what there. I liked about it is not pleasant in any way, and I don't. I don't know if it should be. It's extremely blunt. For its time period, yeah. this film comes out in 1949, and uh, I could see some people maybe turning on it. I even perused Letterbox. There's only like 107 Letterbox reviews. I swear, if you get if you get past, I don't know, 2010, yep. the the amount of like words put to an artistic achievement uh, drop. People, you know, they may rate it, they may check it off, but yeah, there's not a lot of. Uh, uh, here's my opinion on this one. And I think this had like a 3.2, which actually kind of surprised me because I figured if you're on uh, like a cinephiles app talking about Never Fear that it, you're kind of playing for the home team there. I thought that there would be a, a home field advantage for uh, Miss Lupino here. But, uh, the, you know, it seemed to be <laughs> kind of the way you're framing <laughs> this discussion, which is like, we respect what this woman went through and very personal and yeah, but, but it all, it was kind of like couched in this, like, but I didn't really enjoy it that much. So I guess what I enjoyed is my lack of enjoyment in that these characters are fairly brutal and hateful to one another in moments of crushing defeat and despair. And I enjoyed that because it caught me off guard. Uh, but you know, it, because of the time that it comes out, it's like they have to they, they have to sort of give a little bit to the audience, which maybe is unfair for me because I feel you know movies they're meant to be entertainment. So even now, modern films, you know, there's contrivances to to give us something to like enjoy spending our money and time with these people. Uh, but I guess this one, the rough edges to me uh, were the, the best facets of it that when it lightened the mood or tried to give us like a win or a victory, um, I kind of turned against it. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, oh, bullshit. You like, didn't like you, the you like, musical good. interludes and the, the square dancing in wheelchairs? That wasn't for you? The, the square dancing... <laughs> Look, anytime, anytime they cut to... I love how I can see you thinking the... about what you're going to say. Like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> we we are talking about people who have, uh, you know, literally been struck down in some way. Uh, I think that's also probably contributing to even going to Letterbox. Like this is fortunately for us, for you and I, and people watching it now. Uh, this is something we've only heard of and not really experienced. I did read a review. I'll shout out uh, Tim from First Time Watchers, who still shockingly produces a horrible movie podcast, but he's out there on, <laughs> out there on Letterboxd. Uh, and his point of view was he appreciated that he watched it now uh, in this time period of COVID-19 where mm. people were very uncertain of each other or what could happen one week to the next. And I thought that was, that's a reasonable response to this film. 
I think it made it worse for me <laughs> just because I was just like, God damn Dave. Like, this is oppressive is what it is. I, God I, I damn want escapism Dave, you're now. The one who, you're the one who chose Ida Lupito. God damn Mike. This one's on you, Well, buddy. that <laughs> serves me right for trying to, you know, establish women in film on this podcast. Like, I, just depress you, I don't know right? who it should have gone with. Sophia Coppola is kind of depressing. Of course, I like Marie Antoinette so much that I forget about Mike, you know, all the suicidal it's bits. It's almost like the experience of women in film is not super uplifting. I wonder why that would be. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've heard no complaints. <laughs> or I haven't listened to them. <laughs> that was so easy. Um, all right. That's, that is my challenge to you. I mean, we did have Nancy Myers on here, by God, so more of that. And I did watch a Nora Ephron film Tonight, so they are out there, Dave, you son of a bitch. Back to the square dancing. Uh, did I have a problem with it? Uh, no, I did have a problem with cutting to the spoken word twangy gentleman who was leaving you this particular hold down. <laughs> I hate it. Why did I even have to see him? Because I, I, I could kind of like forget what the music was if we didn't have this like these <laughs> sort of inserts of him just standing there like. Uh, I don't know. Miss Lupino really likes her musicians to be very monotone <laughs> when, yeah. they're, when they're singing to the crowd. That's a, that's a bit. Uh, but I've, I've talked too much. You know, did, did, what did you like here? Did you like the romance? Did you like how bleak it was? What, what was the, what was the draw other Ooh. than it was on the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I found really interesting is her kind of recasting her same romantic leads, um, from mm-hmm. Not Wanted, um, in very different roles. I would say I like the fact that um, given the fact that this is about a disease that, you know, essentially takes away power of movement. I like the fact that, you know, your two lead characters were like dancers on the rise. So that really kind of hammers home how terrible this would be even more so than for any other profession. So I, I like that. So it made her, you know, cause there's a moment where she just completely lashes out um, at this guy, like just goes on a tirade. There's, there, there's a couple. There's, a couple, there's, there's yeah. maybe even a few. Yes. But because of who she was when the movie started, it did make sense. Um, I also liked I did a little bit of research and found out that a lot of the, um, a lot of the supporting characters were actually people who had suffered from polio or suffered from other diseases that were actually in that hospital where they were filming. So I thought that was cool to give it a sense of realism. I thought they did a really good job with the kind of uh, physical rehabilitation sequences those seemed very realistic and and very on point um one thing that i noticed and i think it's kind of the modern sometimes if you've seen a lot of movies or especially if you've seen a lot of movies that are more recent than 1950 you maybe you have different expectations like when this other male character enters um and they become close like the first thing i thought was like oh maybe she's gonna end up with this guy instead of the main guy from the beginning, especially because they have this big fight and she's like, don't talk to me, go away. And it was like refreshing that like, no, that's not how this story ends. The story ends with our two leads back together again and then both apologizing to one another and kind of trying to start over. And it was like, it was very sweet, um, which is something I, I bet if you made the same movie in 2010, you would not have that ending. Like you probably, or there would be some, she'd be caught with this other guy or he'd be caught with this other girl. He has like a kind of a flirtation with another female character too. And then it's interesting. They just kind of separate that and come back together. And it's nice. I like that. I, I liked him getting drunk on the other woman's couch. Just passing and out. And she comes, 
she comes into the room and sees him sort of like cradling like the purse there, which I, I, at first I was like, wait, what is she? What is she bothered by here? Or what connection is she making this man? Other than the fact that he maybe is dozing off. Uh, but it's interesting. It's like facade is like gone. It's like, okay, so he to be sort of play acting at the, the, the courtship game with her. Like it's taking everything from him to just sort of distract himself from what he really wants. That as soon as she leaves the room, you know, he just sort of physically just drops. He sort of drops the character a bit. So it, there are individual scenes actually like pretty much scene to scene. I'm thinking like, oh, this is great. <laughs> As a whole, though, I don't know if I'd ever want to watch it again because uh, I did. This is another one that I didn't think I watched around Christmas. I mentioned having to rewatch Not Wanted mm-hmm. and I had I had just totally <laughs> I had totally forgotten all of the beginning bits. Like the only thing I remembered from, I guess, the, the previous life before, um, you know, their lives are totally reshaped by this this horrible uh, disease. Is that he <laughs> he gets a job in real estate, <laughs> admitting he knows nothing about real estate, and that and sequence not stuck a out salary, to me because just he's just going to take commission essentially. Seems like a bad I'll, move I'll, if you've ever done that. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll prove myself uh, in this interview process by accepting nothing. How about no dollars? <laughs> it's like wow, you you really. You have backed the uh, the interviewee, I guess, and the interviewer into this strange dynamic where they're like, well, I guess we're in this together now. Like Nothing to lose, <laughs> if, literally. <laughs> if your life sucks, then my life you know, sucks just as bad as it did before. Like you were basically a nothing, a nothing cog in this machine, uh, which relates a little bit to that scene you're talking about with that woman where he's like, yeah, I'm terrible at that and – uh, the woman I love doesn't want me. What good am I? And I'm like, wow, you're really laying it on thick to this 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 attractive woman to just be like, well, okay, hop in my bed then. Yeah. So that's what I meant. Like when I said the bluntness of the movie always caught me off guard, uh, where it's like these people can't help but be honest with each other, even when that Aussie is really unattractive. So in that case, it's kind of played for laughs. It's like, okay, he's not gonna. He's not going to, you know, close the deal or whatever they would be allowed to show in 1949 with this woman. But also there's there's sequences where the I guess as you said the the two the romantic leads that were looking to get together have really like not cringe inducing as far as the materials bad, but like you don't want to be the third party witnessing uh him like trying to get her out uh on this sort of joyride. And then in the car ride, he's just like, you know, there, there's basically no helping you, like someone like you, like, and you should be uh, so incredibly thankful and gracious that, like, you know, I I was willing to, like, spend the rest of my life with you. And it's like, wow, this usually when that happens is like someone <laughs> and even a romance pulls off their face and reveals that they're a monster. And there's like a little bit of that, I think, from both parties, even though the woman's suffering. Uh, and then this this man that loves her, uh, that ultimately like is just going to be refused so many times. Neither one come off looking that great, which is unexpected for this. Like I wouldn't think that the you know the quote unquote victim here, I would think they would try to make sympathetic, but I don't think I feel like they just sharpen her edges like throughout, except for the like the last, I oh, got the last the last moment, Dave. I don't know. I just. 
It's like it's interesting. I don't, I don't that, dig last, it. that last moment is the anti not wanted, right? You have the same two leads. Not wanted ends with him mm-hmm. chasing, stumbling after her, and this movie ends with her slowly walking to him. I found that very interesting coming from the same director in essentially back-to-back films with the same stars. You're like, oh, this is a interesting flip. But I, I like what you talked about, how you do expect in a movie like this, someone, you know, struck down in the prime of life thinking like, okay, we're going to, we're going to really love this woman and we are going to care about her and they're going to make her look really good. And like, boy, did they not like, if anything, they, Lupino breaks her down more and more as the movie goes until she finally gives that speech, you know, after she's, you know, going to leave, you know, and she's, you know, getting better and all that. And she kind of like breaks herself down and it's just like, you know, I'm better than when I came in here. I still have a lot of work to do, but it's definitely an unexpected move. And what you mentioned about the beginning of this movie with, you know, the kind of lead up to her, uh, to polio finally hitting and her, you know, being struck down. I rewatched it today, kind of in the background, not like, you know, really focus on it, but just to kind of remind myself because I'd watched it a couple weeks ago. And a couple weeks ago, I thought like, oh, there's maybe 10 minutes before, you know, before polio hits and then we go to this, uh, this doctor's office. But it's like 20, 30 minutes of stuff. But this is only like a 90 minute movie. I was surprised at how much lead up there was. And I think because the sequences of her kind of losing it and her, you know, kind of going through it um, uh, as she's healing are so much more memorable and so blunt and stark that you kind of forget about the woman that she was at the beginning, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but you do kind of forget I like that you're, who she is. You're basically uh, apologizing for me, like, <laughs> watching this and totally forgetting the whole <laughs> dancer struck down had no no recall of that other than the the botched uh entry into real estate from this this young man but i mean it just feel like two totally different things as it should like two mm-hmm. totally different perspectives on on life and it, it is cool that you know she i'm guessing speaking from experience even though uh Ida Lupino did not have anything nearly serious as far as this, as far as her physical uh, effects uh, from this. I don't, from what I read, she did not have the, quite the scare that our character of uh, Carol here has as far as wondering if she's ever going to be able to walk yeah, again. I read that like, you know, after she was healed, she still has like some issues with like one hand and one leg, but she's mainly mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't notice unless you were looking for it type thing. So it definitely was not it. The other thing that was, was weird as uh reading that this was not like a hit or really that like well regarded oh, initially when it came out which it i, I don't know like because my concern now is uh you know a, a polio movie does that have any sort of play with modern audiences and i'm saying like oh maybe when it came out that it had to be you know that had to be something on people's minds and it, it's extremely like you know it's very much wearing it's it's hard on its sleeve even like the the sort of end uh, like, you know, title card that comes up as far as, you know, it's basically, you know, it is a call out to the people or families that uh, had had to deal with this in their personal lives. So I don't, I don't know if there's just a lot of me's in 1949 that's like, I show me a clown, show me someone falling down, show me, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a cowboy, something like that. Uh, but the, uh, I mean, I guess we have similar things with like um after 9/11 like war movies or anything to to deal with like 
the Middle East uh, did not do well, no matter how many times Hollywood filmmakers want to sort of tackle that. People were like, no, I, you know, I'm not going to the movies. So maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. They're just as dumb as us, just as ignorant as us back in the well, back think, in the greatest generation. I think some of it too is like I think around that time, like either right before or right after, um, polio was basically non-existent anymore. After that, so it makes you know it's it becomes one of those things like people aren't scared of it anymore. So it doesn't become maybe as much of a pull uh, when you're watching it. And certainly now, watching it in 2020, it's like polio. Like we barely remember if if a president had not had polio, I don't think anyone in 2020 would even know what it was. Like that's that's the only reason right, I now, think it I'm gonna around. take up for the uh, the 1949 moviegoers now. After I've talked shit about them, uh, uh, we're we're going through <laughs> a, a a global pandemic now, and we have a small but very loud minority uh, in our country saying it doesn't exist, <laughs> even now, even when it's in front of their face. So yes, you know what? You're absolutely right, Dave. They're not gonna believe polio is some completely made up thing to them. Uh, and you know, America started <laughs> with I don't know the Civil War. That's 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 there was nothing else before uh, other than Jesus and <laughs> maybe dinosaurs. I don't know. I don't know if they've claimed dinosaurs yet. I don't. Maybe. Oh Probably. It wouldn't they should. surprise me at all. So you can sell more action figures that way. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so what do you think about kind of you know as we watch Ida Lupino's movies, kind of basically starting from the very beginning of her directorial career, where do you, like, compared to Not Wanted, does this feel like a step down from that? And what do you... Yes. Yeah, I mean, I thought it did too, and I was really surprised because, as we talked about on our last episode, Not Wanted, she was just kind of thrown into the director's chair late in the game. Uh, And this, I would assume, she had more time to develop, and it was obviously a passion project, and it... I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's not badly filmed. It's not badly acted at all. Not Wanted just happens to be a very good movie. But there's there also seems to be a lot more thought into, like, you know, shot composition and the way the story is progressing in Not Wanted, where this does feel a little, you know, like you mentioned, there's, like, good scenes, good scenes, good scenes, but it doesn't seem to have that flow that something like Not Wanted did. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what to really attribute that to. I mean, there's certainly like a manic energy to not wanted that. I mean, you you brought up just the very nature of what we're dealing with here is a a physical lack of motion. So, like, I I and I, there's like that earnestness of it being a personal story, something people have dealt with. Not that. And not wanted. It's something that uh, you know a great number of the population hadn't dealt with. But you kind of alluded to that <laughs> uh, maybe people don't want to hear from you know the women folk of the time because they have a hard enough time now <laughs> being uh, not necessarily being heard because there are definitely more opportunities to voice it. But as far as being uh, considered by you know a good you know other half of the population, I I just think that. But something like not wanted, you're a little bit more free to follow the story uh, the the way that it would be presented in the most interesting fashion. And here, like, well, there's two directions you can go: be it the 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 personal, uh, or I guess what she's trying to to accomplish, not professionally, but 
uh, as far as physically getting better. She's going to get better or she won't. And she's going to sort of accept this man's love or she won't. And not wanted, I don't, I don't even really know what the clear decision is there. Like other than everything is going to be tragic. And here there, there is hope. So I, I don't know if what you and I are responding to is that sort of doom and gloom of not wanted. Uh, whereas this year, I, I never fully believe and the, you know, the film doesn't go that route that we're, you know, I don't think this woman's going to be left alone. I, I don't think she's going to become like bitter and withdrawn at the end of it. And I don't even know if that would be enjoyable either, but I, I do like, I guess the, the complicated nature of a woman in that scene, we talked about it for it talking to her child that she's going to give up that, you know, he, he or she probably will have a better life than what she can provide in that particular moment. Um, does it make the pain, you know, go away in any shape or form? So I, I think it's just the situation that the characters were following in is just honestly just more, it's just more interesting than, than this. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I do feel like in Not Wanted, there is, there's always, because it's interesting, something doom and gloom could be something that like bogs down energetically. But that is a movie that is constantly propelling you forward. Even if forward is bad, we're going to go for it. Like, it's just because there's no other option. We have to keep moving. And the literal point of this movie is, as you said, this lack of movement, this lack of mobility. So maybe we're just like feeling that exact emotion that our character is going through. We're feeling that frustration. We're feeling that lack of energetic movement until maybe the very end of the movie, which you know, it's interesting. They both end in similar ways, but this one definitely, you can, you can read the mood of both of these movies by their ending scenes. Uh, Not Wanted is very, like, it's almost morbid the way that movie ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And this is full of hope. You see the kind of light in her eyes. Her whole face lights up. He's egging her on. Come on. You could do this. Like, it is all about hope. And yet, like, <laughs> I would watch Not Wanted again in a heartbeat over this. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> well, you're 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 awful. We've, we've established we don't we don't need to do this for three years Every or eight episode. years. I don't I, I don't know what that Australian guy's thinking that he needs he needs eight years to figure you out. Um, I mean this the, the lead here is very accomplished, and that that adds to the tragedy. That's like okay, it looks like she was going to achieve what she wanted to in the desired profession and passion that she had. And that's while sad there in the back of your mind, watching it, you're thinking like, okay, when she, when she sets her mind to it, she'll have a good chance because she's dedicated herself to, you know, bettering herself physically in a previous version of herself. And she can do that here. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm more interested, you know, the not wanted is just, more blue collar, I guess it's like someone who's, you know, as I said, we're in that film, we're not following the brightest bulb necessarily. We're, we're following a young person who just doesn't have any experience yet. And so she doesn't have anything like this character. She doesn't have anything to fall back on as far as handle that. She's not equipped. Whereas I do think we're led to believe that this woman is equipped to do so. And that's probably what contributes to the, the pain of this man that loves her is that there's a little bit of shock. Like he seems to be very accepting of the tragedy that's befallen them. But what he won't accept is her like giving into it. Like he seems totally put on his heels that she is not confronting this 
with the determination that he, I guess, just took for granted in her, which is an, it's an interesting way for a man to look at, you know, this woman that he wants to be his partner is that he just, he thinks that her doing something incredibly hard, uh, would be easy. Like, right. I mean, that you don't, you don't see that a lot and that, that's a strange bit of respect you're getting, but it also makes the relationship really nasty. So it's like the character dynamic, I think is far more interesting as far as the chosen pair, but the situation that the, the women find themselves in, I think is far more interesting and not wanted than it is here. Yeah, definitely agree. All right. So that is it um, for our episode on never fear. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you may be hearing soon in a double episode on Outrage and Hard, Fast, and Beautiful. Uh, but the next episode on our main feed is probably Lupino's most well-known film, uh, which is The Hitchhiker. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, if you'd like to donate to our Patreon and get those extra episodes, just go to patreon.com slash a podcast directed by. And if you want to follow us on Twitter uh, to find out exactly when the episodes drop and what's coming up next, follow us at directed by.